You've heard me talk about Tacovas, the company carrying on all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. Well, longtime listener Jeremy emailed me to say, Zabe, I was on a work trip to Austin, knew about Tacovas from the podcast, stopped into the store. Next thing you know, I've got a damn good pair of boots and I'm looking sharp with a nice buzz to boot. Giddy up. Tacovas believes in Western for all. And you can feel that when you stop in one of their stores and get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. If you can't make it into the store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and the most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com and point your toes west. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 at Tacovas.com. Just use promo code ZABE, that's promo code Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, at checkout. It's a $30 value, and they sell out fast. Only at Tacovas.com. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. Sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10 piece Wick Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Today on the ZabeCast, Aaron Rodgers is still not a Jet. Despite mounting indications, says Schefter, that it's still going to happen. We shall wait at least another day. I explain why the Goody Gamble on Jordan Love is essentially already a failure. Plus, Andy Poland joins me to talk about radio hosts getting whacked for being too negative and a whole lot more. Your bonus, 45-minute edition of Pure Me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! <laughs> Here we go! Tuesday, March 14, 2023, Aaron Rodgers is still, as of this taping, a Green Bay Packer. I waited, and I waited. I left this chunk of the podcast out just to see. I thought something was going to break late on Monday as the official tampering period begun in the NFL, and many deals were announced by agents and leaked and and. Players were signed. They're not signed, but they were given deals that they're going to agree to. This is essentially the start of free agency. And Aaron Rodgers, who said right after they lost to the Lions in week 18, quote, I'm not going to hold them hostage, quote, unquote. That was what Rodgers said, indicating he knows that free agency is in March and that he was going to get him an answer a lot sooner than that. Well, here we are. We are still stuck. We are stuck like Piglet in Rabbit's house. And I don't know if it's going to get done tomorrow. I could be wrong about this. My prediction for what it's worth, because I try to be right, I don't just throw things out there, is that this is headed towards an extended, protracted, and awkward, if not ugly, stalemate. I think Rodgers does not want to retire. I think he also does not want to be a Jet. 
and he is trying to reconcile, fuck, what do I do now? Because the Packers have clearly said, oh no, we're moving on to one Jordan Love. So we wait at least another day. Trey Wingo, formerly of ESPN, now out there doing stuff, I guess. I don't know if he's got a full-time gig or not. Uh, He's got nearly a million followers on Twitter, which is pretty remarkable. Good for him. He tweeted out the deal was done. And that history repeats itself with a uh, ex-Packer legend, soon-to-be Hall of Famer, going to the New York Jets. Uh, That was quickly pushed back upon by other NFL reporters. And we'll see who was right when it's all said and done. Okay. That said, let me get to why the Goody Gamble on love is already essentially a failure. And I'll start by reading this email. This is from, you can always email me at zabe at yahoo.com. Thank you very much for those who reach out via the good old-fashioned electronic mail system. This one from Jack in Sussex, Wisconsin, who spent several paragraphs going, look, 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 I know, I know, I know. Rogers is a passive-aggressive asshole who has packed it up the team's ass after they decided to draft a quarterback, showed him, okay, I'm going to you know, really play well and win two MVPs, and now he's just doing whatever he can to make things difficult. Put all that aside. He then says, I have a question back to you, though, and that is I heard you on your morning show on 97 Through the Game talk about why the Love Rogers plan is wrong. I said on the morning show, I go, look, the problem with Goody's gamble was he drafted a quarterback in the first round had no intention of playing him that very year, the first year that he was drafted, but was going to get him in there at some point. And then he couldn't after year one because Rodgers won the MVP. Or he chose not to. He didn't have the balls to trade the MVP of the league. And then he did it again. And now they're three years in to Jordan Love, about to be in year four, and they're trying to get Rodgers off their books. I said they have gone three years, the Packers now, taking a zero with a first-round pick. That is extremely inefficient because first-rounders should play for you right away. They should contribute right away, year one, year two, year three, and get better along the way. If it's a quarterback that you think needs a little bit of hand-holding, a little bit of tutelage, a year is about as much as I would want to spend, not three. And so I started screaming on the air. I said, who else is doing this? Who else is doing, if you say this, well, you know, it's a smart thing to get another quarterback. So that way you're never left wanting one and desperate for one and overpaying Jimmy Garoppolo like the Raiders have done for one. Okay, here's why it's already essentially a failure. They've taken a zero not only have they taken the zero for three years with a, with a first-round draft pick, very inefficient, very uh, not smart, but think about this. If Jordan Love comes in here in year four and he is screamingly good, which is no better than a 50-50 coin flip because the NFL is hard, and even guys that look good early in their playing career sometimes get figured out or they get injured or who knows so even if he comes in and he's screamingly good here's the problem you have now shortened a window of five 
very affordable years with a potentially great quarterback like, say, Joe Burrow, you've now taken that down to two. And look at the teams that have said, oh, you know what? We got a cheap young quarterback. We can spend money on other players. The Niners have made that choice. And they have backed up the truck for guys like Javon Hargrave. And so, because they've got Purdy and they've got Trey Lance. Not only have the Packers sat on love for three years, taken a zero with a first-round pick, but they are now, they've burned three-quarters of his cheapest years. Extremely inefficient. Jordan Love is going to have to be really good for the Goody Gamble to work out. I would much prefer, and yet teams don't seem to have the stomach for this, most don't, I would prefer riding out a guy you know can play quarterback to the very end and then just crashing, tanking for a year. I'd rather be screamingly bad for a year, pick really high in the draft, get a quarterback who's young, play him right away or close to right away, and then if he's good at all, go ahead and enjoy those cheap years. The the difference now between what veteran quarterbacks, even the shitty ones that everyone knows aren't that good, like, say, Daniel Jones or Derek Carr, the difference between what they cost and a first-round draft pick is increasing. So that's the way I would go about it. The Packers have not done that. Brian Gutekunst once... He, if he's if he's able, once he's able to get Rodgers off the books, is going to have to very much hope that Jordan Love is screamingly good. But there you go, Jack from Sussex. And somebody else said, what do you mean, who else is doing this? The Packers did it with Rodgers himself. I didn't say who else has done this. I said who else is doing this right now in the current NFL with the current salary structure with the current rookie deal structure. Because remember, 18 years ago, they didn't have the limits on first-round draft pick compensation like they do now. Nobody else is doing this in the league. It's not a really winning strategy to say, we're going to take a quarterback and hold him uh, for several years, more than a year. The Chiefs, they took Mahomes, and Alex Smith had one more year, he had a very good year, Alex Smith, his last year in Kansas City. And then they said, you know what? Well, it's ready for time for the kid. And I know Alex Smith is not at all, in any way, shape, or form, Aaron Rodgers. But they had a plan, and they said, okay, the kid is ready. We just wanted to get him in, get him a year, and now we're going to start playing him. Not three, not four, which is what the Packers are looking at. Okay, let's move on, shall we? Joe Pepitone has died. Dang it. 82 years old for the legendary Yankee, known as much for his outlandish personality as his baseball career. Brooklyn native who was shot by a classmate in 1957, signed with the Yankees a year later and has made his MLB debut with the organization in 1962. Joe Pepitone. After backing up Moose Scourun at first base as a rookie, the names, by the way, back in the day, Joe Pepitone, Moose Scourin. He replaced him the following season and hit 27 home runs. Rest in peace, Joe Pepitone. He, of course, was part of pop culture legend 
when he got name-dropped in Seinfeld on several occasions, including when Kramer mentioned drilling him in a fantasy game camp because he crowded the plate. Also, Costanza suggested the Yankees have a Joe Pepitone day in the Bronx when he worked for the team. More recently, Pepitone sued the Baseball Hall of Fame in 2021, claiming he had only loaned the museum the bat that Mickey Mantle used to hit his 500th career home run, while the museum contended the bat was, in fact, a gift. Pepitone's suit was for a million dollars, but he later dropped the suit and let the Hall keep the bat. Rest in peace, Joe Pepitone. Headline, reusable water bottles hold more bacteria than a toilet seat, study finds. Well, no kidding. A recent study from the U.S.-based waterfilterguru.com found that reusable bottles can harbor 40,000 times more bacteria than the average toilet seat, describing them as being like, quote, portable Petri dishes. Then there's this, man sues Buffalo Wild Wings. Saying their food sucks? No, their food does not suck. Sometimes restaurants in the chain don't perform as well as others. They can be a little bit dirty. Their service can be a little bit subpar. But they're not, the food is not bad. I don't mind Buffalo Wild Wings, but it's a mixed It's a mixed bag of franchisees in terms of what you're going to get. Man sues Buffalo Wild Wings, claiming boneless wings are just chicken nuggets. Here we go again. Just like the guy who went up to the local city council, got on the microphone and said, how can you dare call them boneless wings? You should just call them saucy nugs or trash. The basis of his suit is that they cost less than boneless wings. They cost less than wings, which have, of course, skin and tendons, which helps make up the deliciousness of the whole ensemble of the meat. And that uh, because of that, they should not cost as much. I'm sure that thing is going to go far, that lawsuit. All right. Coming up, Andy Poland joins me to talk about, well, lots of things, including radio hosts getting fired for being too critical of teams, the times that it's happened to us, and speaking of lawsuits, the Tiger Woods legal team has fired back on Erica Herman. I figured I'd go old school and the intro... Because we're going to have some old school talk today on the program. Andy, are you ready to get into an old school tournament pool with paper brackets? Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> are you ready you to go? Are you ready to go escape to a local TGI Fridays at noon on Thursday to watch whatever game is being fed to us? Are you <laughs> no, ready I didn't to like that? Are you ready to go into the office uh, to see who's leading on a uh, Xerox copy on the wall after each round? <laughs> that's old school yeah. NCAA tournament right there. Oh yeah, that's that's when it was sixty-four teams. It was it was perfect. Yeah. yeah, it was perfect. It's not so perfect now. I'm trying to trace 
where it is, how it is, I have lost some, or at least maybe a, a, a good chunk of my zeal for college basketball. And I've identified a few different things. Shall I run through them with you? Yeah, sure. What is your overall zeal level for the college game now? Well, the, the college season has been completely chewed up by the NFL. The NFL used to wrap things up at the latest, the last day of January. So you had the full month of February. Well, now you got, you know, the middle of February when the Super Bowl ends. And when you come up for air, you see who's still there. And, you know, some of the blue bloods being out like Kentucky and North Carolina not being in the tournament this year. And also the ability for these guys to change schools all the time. Right. And and each team is is brand new each year. So there's no, you know, there's no getting to know the players. Um, you know, you you knew those Duke guys. Uh Christian Leitner played four years. Bobby Hurley played four years. Grand mm-hmm. Hill played four years. You, you these were household names. Yeah. Don't have that anymore. Let me let me start at the macro level, which is how come it seems to me that college basketball and the NFL could coexist on similar interest tracks for a long time in my life? Was it that I was just younger and I had an appetite for both at the same time? Forget about when the NFL season ends, because you're not wrong about that, but I'm just saying Mm -hmm. it seems like college basketball occupied shelf space in my mind as a sports fan next to football. Yeah, well, there there was part of that, but, but remember, ESPN had Big Monday. Everybody look forward to Big Monday. Do they not well, still have Big Monday? Well, they might, but it's two weeks before the NCAA tournament starts okay. because now we even have NFL playoff games. Are there, are there too many games on television now? College games. Too many games college? Yes. Yeah, there's, that, there's some the of that, sweet, but there's also... The, the sweets, like, there was too few when you'd have to wait till Saturday afternoon in a Jefferson Pilot game between NC State and Wake or whatever it was, right? Uh, right. But, but it's too many now. The sweet spot was, like, a couple of network games on the weekend, and then a couple cable games on ESPN Monday and a couple on Thursday. That was the sweet spot, Right. Yeah, that was part of it. And also, you kind of look forward to college basketball season off college football season because there weren't that many college football games on. Well, now every college football game is on. Any Saturday, you can choose from 30 games. Yeah. And and so when you get to college basketball, okay, well, there's more of that. Every college basketball game is on. And uh, and and but I also think that that following the teams, you know, when I was a kid, the Walton gang, you knew the Walton gang. Uh, and they would have games <laughs> on Saturday against Digger Phelps and, uh, and Notre Dame. And, you know, and then, I, yeah, I grew up on the Jefferson Pilot thing, too. And it was, you know, North Carolina, North Carolina State. And those were guys that stayed four years, you know. And, uh, and, and even when, when freshmen weren't eligible, it was three years. Yeah. Well, one now and, it's yeah. one and done. One and done hurt. Uh, none and done which it was for a period, was even worse because the best mm-hmm. players like Kobe Bryant weren't even landing in college, even for a year. It's now back to one and done, which is bad enough. I think right now the NIL ecosystem and the pay for play, heard from somebody in the know that a kid for Illinois, 
Illinois, whose name I've already forgotten, uh, one of their better players, came to Illinois via transfer for $800,000. That has put a huge damper now on my zeal for college basketball. The sliminess of the coaches and the enterprise as a whole has gotten to be a bit much for me, Andy. The fact that Rick Pitino is going to get a nice new plum job after going through the car wash of rehabilitation at Iona is a little bit much for me. The Alabama situation is a little bit much for me. Okay. I would say in addition, the conference, the constant conference realignment that has scattered what was used to be logical geographic conferences to the wind has taken a huge chunk of my interest UCLA and USC in the Big Ten? Come on. Yeah, yeah no, that, that you're, you're right about all that. I, I thought it was it was perfect when the ACC had nine teams and everybody played home and home. Yeah, that's that's long gone. And 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 another thing that I think you know, sort of to your point about the NIL, North Carolina had made the final last year. They brought just about everybody back, including a couple who could have gone to the NBA, but they got NIL money. To stay, they were preseason number one. Number one, they didn't make the tournament. It's not because they weren't good enough. It's something that happened there. And I think this is just a theory of mine. I think you had these guys on NILs who were making, you know, a couple <laughs> hundred thousand, and yeah. their buddies are in the NBA and they talk all the time, you know, text, talk. And the NBA guys are going, hey, oh, 200000 that's what I got in my last check. <laughs> you ought to be here, you know? So, and, <laughs> so, so you think that guys like Caleb Love and Armando Baycott, these guys who are going to go to the NBA, but stayed right. because they were like, damn it, we were up 16 in the final and we, we should have, we need to come back and finish the job. Even though they're getting paid a little bit, they yeah. feel like, God, this was stupid. Why did I come back? And so therefore, it, it, they weren't as into it. Right, like like Maurice Claret. If 2024 is the year you're jetting off to a new country, or even just want to expand your language skills beyond English, then I urge you to check out Rosetta Stone today. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program for over 30 years. Why? Because it works. Instead of drilling vocabulary words, with Rosetta Stone, you learn by matching audio from native speakers to visuals, reading stories, participating in dialogues, and other practical language skills that fast track your ability to communicate fluently. Not only is it a more effective way to learn, it's more fun. Rosetta Stone's advanced voice recognition technology gives you feedback on how well you pronounce words. Other language learning apps use speech recognition to detect what you said. Rosetta Stone tells you how well you said it. Rosetta Stone offers 25 languages with lessons available on your computer, phone, or tablet. And with a lifetime membership, you get forever access to all the lessons for all the languages and never pay a renewal fee. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, ZabeCast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match 
with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Uh, had a great freshman year at Ohio State. He was good friends with LeBron James. LeBron James had already played a year in the NBA at that point. They were the same age. Right. And, uh, and LeBron's living the life, and he's thinking to himself, I'm futzing around here at Ohio State. Hell, I want to go to the NFL. I want to make money. Right. It, it basically blew up his whole career. I think the other thing about college basketball that has been tough for me, I don't know if it's the same for everybody else, but it used to be the college game produced players that came in all different distinct shapes and sizes. Some boxy guys, some fast guys, some slow guys, some short guys. It seems like now there is just a factory of whip it lean, jump out of the gym, can shoot, can run, can dunk, six five, six six type guys that are hard to distinguish from one another. Does that make mm, any sense? Yeah, no, I mean you I watched if you watch the Big Ten final, you got Zach Eady who's seven four and 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 that's another thing that's turned around too is that the big men can't play in the NBA anymore. Well, and, and I'm not sure I'm not sure how good Zach Eady is going to be as Purdue tries to well, make that, their way to the point. final four as yeah. a number one seed. A lot of people are fading them because when the game is tight, which they end up being in the tournament, you need yeah. a guy on the wing who can get his own shot to save the day. And that's not right. a seven-foot-four guy. Right, but you, you have that. And then uh, Penn State had a couple of guys. One of them was, was like a pudgy little guy uh, who, who shoots threes. True. Uh, and, they, and they all shoot threes. That's the other thing that's, that's, I think, bad about the game. It's all about the three-point shot. Yeah. Um, but, but I'll tell you one thing, though. What you see, uh, especially at the smaller level, is that they make mistakes. They don't make these mistakes in the pros. And uh, I was watching the Howard-Norfolk State game. And the reason I was is because in conference tournament finals, in most cases, like the Big Ten, both teams are going to the tournament, so it's not as big a deal. At that level, the MEAC, only one's going, and they're going to be fed to the Wolves like Howard is. They're going to play Kansas in the first round. They're going to lose by 40. But getting to the tournament is a big deal. And if they lose that game, they don't go. And at, at that point, uh, let's see, Howard was down one, but uh, Norfolk State had the ball. And it was an inbounds play, and the cutter went one way, and the guy threw it the other and went out of bounds. You wouldn't see that in the NBA. And that mistake cost them the game. Howard got to the free throw line. The kid hit two free throws, and they won by one. That was cool. I like that. All right. Well, you missed Jim Nance after this year. No, because I think Ian Eagle is better. Interesting. 
Yeah. I agree. I think Iron Eagle is arguably better, but Nance is iconic. And so, yeah. therefore, another element of the tournament that we used to love so much being stripped away. Okay, Packers already you- in heaven. Nance is yeah. going next. Maybe maybe I've got a problem with getting old, Andy. Maybe you, did, did, 10 did years you ahead like of Brent? me. I, I did, did you not like, like Brent when I, he did it? I did Brent, like Brent, yes. Okay. So when, when Brent when Brent left, and, and that was really dumb because he wanted to do baseball, <laughs> uh, Nance took over. And some said, oh, it's not going to be the same without Brent. Well, you know, now Nance has done it yeah. for 30 years. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Uh, Dateline Radio. Syracuse radio station fires mm. talk show host for, quote, overly negative coverage of Syracuse basketball. Galaxy president and CEO Ed Levine of ESPN Radio Syracuse says he fired the host because he believes the content of the show had become too negative towards Syracuse University. It also should be noted that the station has a partnership, financial, with Jim Beheim. <laughs> and the CEO is personal friends with Beheim. And even though Beheim is now out, this talk show host apparently went too far. The name of the host? Brent Axe. Yeah. A-X-E. Who would have seen it coming, Andy? A guy named Brent Axe getting the axe. Right. What do you what do you make of this story? This is one of the worst things at times about our industry that that exists. This influence yeah. of you can't be too negative. I wonder, I wonder, was this a deal that was made by Bayheim on his way out the door? Um, be, well, listen to this. The last uh, game that they played. Fire this asshole on the radio on a on a 10,000-watt tin can radio station? I mean, this is like April Fool's Day. We're switching roles here, but I'm giving you conspiracy. Oh, here. I love it. Put the tinfoil hat on, Andy. You make it okay. fit nice and tight. So you, you can look this up, but uh, Bayheim after the last game of the season where they played Wake Forest, and by the way, we're honoring the 2003 national champion team. Uh, and they had 24,500 because of it. only national championship. Right. Okay. But but that they were there to – there were 24,500 people there not to necessarily see Syracuse finish up a mediocre season at home against Wake Forest. They were there to honor Carmelo Anthony and the other guys that got their jerseys retired. Okay. So Bayheim, like out of nowhere, starts taking off on talk radio. And, you know, most guys say, oh, I never listened to that stuff. But right. he's saying, oh, the people on talk radio, they're not the ones who are here. And then he pulls like a, a Calhoun. How many people do you have here tonight? What was the take? 24,500. Oh, right. you think they were there here because we're having a, a bad season? Do you think those are the people that are calling talk radio? And I'm thinking to myself, he's 78 years old. What's he going off on sports talk radio? You know, that's, that shouldn't be a big factor in his life. And then, you know, the season plays out and he's pushed out the door. He clearly didn't want to go. Remember he said, it's up to the administration right. to do what they want to do. So they push him out. What if, you know, okay, uh, we're going to, cause he, he, the next day he was all smiles. I'm happy to be retired, showed up with his wife for the news conference, the whole deal. He said, I'll, I'll put a happy face on this, but this kid acts, He's got to go. You you, 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 you you throw him overboard because 
because I'm I'm not I I want him out the door. That's going to make me happy. That's well, going to make me put a smile on my face. If that's true, and I would say it's certainly not uh, impossible to believe, then it just reinforces what I've believed for a long time that Jim Beheim is a absolute asshole, not just a prickly coach and a a combatant with the media when they ask him questions he doesn't like. He is a true asshole, a bully and a narcissist. He's one of the worst people personality-wise amongst coaches out there. He makes, to me, Calhoun seem warm and fuzzy by comparison. Makes Bobby Knight look like a teddy bear who occasionally has, you know, outbursts. (laughs) I mean, it really is petty. I mean, this guy, Brent Axe, look, he works full-time for Syracuse.com, and this radio thing was a side hustle, so I don't think he's going to necessarily miss a mortgage payment, but that's so fucking petty. Fuck Jim Beheim, the worst. If, in fact, he did that. This is just my theory. <laughs> I know, but, it's just but, your theory, but still. Yeah. So it brings us to this uh, topic, which is how many times in your career have you had somebody come to you and us, you and I together, and say, yeah, you should probably tone it down a bit. Yeah, every once in a while. that it, You know, the, we did, or I did, let's see, nine years under Dan Snyder ownership. And um, I, I think, as I recall, and, and he was a great boss, uh, Bruce Gilbert, there was one time where we promoted something like, you know, what is, what is Dan Snyder's biggest blunder? You know, we were going to take calls and he kind of just sort of, you know, wanted to know about it. They weren't stopping us from doing it. Yeah, but that so, that alone actually asking us, well, what are you doing here? Puts a yeah. huge chilling effect it does. on it us does. in the business because then we think, well, wait a minute. What else do I need to shy away from? I've often had people say, you know, Zabe, when Snyder owned the station, I'd never heard you I, I didn't seem like I heard any difference in what, you know, you were saying on the air. And I say to those people, I go, yeah, but you don't know what I would have said otherwise if it wasn't owned by Snyder. Like, I trimmed my sales, Andy, and yeah. I sailed at a slower pace because I was there to take his money, not to be uh, yes, a hero. But, but but what we anticipated when we found out that he was buying the station didn't turn out to be nearly as bad as at least I thought it was going to be. Okay, so you had low expectations. You thought he was going to jump in both feet and start really micromanaging. Not him, but, but his, his henchmen. henchmen. Yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, there was that. Remember when we, you and I on a particular day went off on the St. Joe Gibbs himself, St. Joe mm-hmm. Jackson Gibbs, for his comments to a NASCAR audience at some luncheon about how this redskin thing is temporary, but NASCAR is forever. Remember well, let's, that? Let's, let, let's narrow that down to you because you were oh, the one who specifically, because when, when it was cited um, that they cited you for, for saying that he was back for the money, which in fact he was, but <laughs> what, <laughs> you, actually, you actually You're saying said, they, they being management for the Redskins. The Redskins reached out to the station and they yeah. asked us to write a letter of apology. I wrote a letter of apology to Joe Gibbs. Yeah, I wasn't that. asked to do that. So it was, it, that was on you. You weren't asked to do that? I thought we both no, were, those fucking no, liars. No, because so, you were the one that said it. I, I, I sort of backed away from that, even though I, I sort of believed it and fully believe it now. 
And, and I'll tell you somebody else who said it, um, Frank Herzog. He said he believed Joe Gibbs came back for the money, and he knew Gibbs well, uh, especially from his first time around. So, well, yeah, it, there was merit to it. Yeah, and I didn't like the fact the team was struggling. He was resisting such basic concepts as using a shotgun formation <laughs> in the year 2000 and what year was it? Three? Four. 2004, Four. right? Four. And we were having at times a little bit contentious interviews with him once a week, right? Mm-hmm. And then he goes to his NASCAR people like, yeah, this Redskin thing is not going to last for that long, but you know, racing is forever. And I'm like, yeah, yeah but, but, it's, but I, think, I think he was, I think he, if you listen to it carefully, I think he was attempting some self-deprecating humor because they were coming off a six and 10 season and he was sort of indicating like, oh, I may get fired here, but I own the NASCAR. Oh, now, Danny okay. wasn't going to fire him because he expanded the stadium to 91,000 and he had just the cover he needed and St. Joe Gibbs there. Yeah. So, you know, Gibbs, Gibbs could have gone 0-16 for three years. He wasn't going to get fired. But FedEx sponsored one of his cars. Oh, that's the reason he came back. He didn't come back for the $7 million salary. Danny bought a car. Well, that's, that's the money. That's yeah. the money. Everybody needs money. <laughs> that's why they call it money. <laughs> and especially in fucking racing, you need money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm glad yeah. glad you let me run out there and take the bullets like the first guys off the U-boats <laughs> on, on, on Omaha Beach. Management, you know? That's okay. What you All right. Yeah. What other times have has management ever said to you, you know what? You should maybe tone it down just a bit. Well, uh, I'll tell you one. There was, uh, there was a time that we had Randy Etzel on, who I think is a, a horrible person. Right. Uh, and, and You hate him as much as I hate Bayheim. Yeah, well, what, what, I mean, I was called by someone I knew who was in the athletic program, and they said, you know, they knew he'd had a rough first year with the media, so they wanted to have, like, a media meeting with him to, to talk to him about how he could deal with the media better. And the meeting was canceled, like, twice, maybe three times. And then one day, Solly says, hey, we got Randy Etzel scheduled this afternoon. So I said, okay, I'll say to him what I would have said to him in the meeting. And I said, you know, I'm one of those people who think you should be fired. What do you say to people like me? Right. And, and he, you know, he said basically what everybody would say. Oh, it's just your opinion. You know, I got to do what I got to do, blah, blah, blah. And so they called the general manager and they said that was an ambush. And I said, <laughs> and, and, and I said, no, that wasn't an ambush. That was an actual question. And uh, I'll be happy to talk to them, but I'm not going to apologize for it. And then it just sort of blew over. Right. But yeah. uh, Debbie Yao at the University of Maryland. Oh, yeah. That's right. Tried, oh, yeah. She, she tried to get us fired. She called our boss, Chuck yeah. Sapienza. And what, what was she mad about us saying? Well, no, there was, there was, a, there was a player that Gary wanted to, uh, Gary Williams wanted to get into school. And uh, I don't know, there were some issues there. And she basically, you know, cut him off at the knees on that. And, right. uh, and so we, we, I think we tried to get Gary on and he wasn't available. And so we went on and said, you know, criticized her for doing that. And so she said, Oh, you had to do was call me, you know, and, and no, we didn't, we didn't call her. So there was a letter on that. Yeah, that's right. Debbie Yao was, was the, athletic, the athletic director. I remember the year speaking of, uh, Debbie Yao, and this goes to the NIT and North Carolina turning down oh, yeah. their bid. Uh, one year Maryland just missed and they were invited to the NIT. Gary wanted no part of it and mm-hmm. was ready to turn it down, and Debbie swooped in and basically said, no, no, you're going to play in this thing. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. No. As a matter of fact, um, we he she 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 did uh, she went behind his back and made a deal uh, to play a home game there. Gene Corrigan was the head of the NIT right. when she did it. And so um, so we had, I think we had Naki in the studio that day. Right. And, uh, and so while we're talking about this, you hear Naki's phone, bing, 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 bing. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so uh, when we go to commercial, he goes, yeah, that was, uh, that was Gary saying everything she said was BS. Wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right. I got to feed you this story because I know Andy Poland loves nothing better than Sunday afternoons. A guy in a red shirt dominating at a major championship in golf and some Chinese food. This yes, ti- this Tiger Woods breakup story and now lawsuit with Angela Herman is going next level. Today, oh, really? Tiger Woods' legal team unloaded in new court documents saying, quote, Ms. Herman is not a victim of sexual assault or abuse sought to be protected by the Congress when enacting the statute she quotes. Rather, Ms. Herman is a jilted ex-girlfriend who wants to publicly litigate specious claims in court rather than honor her commitment to arbitrate disputes in a confidential arbitration proceeding. She has never asserted any claims for sexual assault or sexual harassment, does not do so in this landlord action, and if she is truthful, can never do so according to the documents filed this morning in Florida court. Do you have sympathy for Tiger Woods, who enacted the express checkout option on his live-in girlfriend, (laughs) inviting her to a long vacation and then kicking her out of the house? But but she, as I understand it, when they began to date, signed a non-disclosure agreement? Right. Now she wants to break that, and she's claiming sexual assault, sexual abuse. Yeah, I mean, you know, she's got to have proof of that, and it, it seems Does to she? me. If, well, I don't know. I mean, if, if she's going to claim that in court, that's a crime if, if there's sexual uh, assault, right? Well, uh, it's got to be proven. I mean, uh, that's what I'm saying. But, she, but, yeah. but, but, but you, you can't, I don't think, an, I'm not a lawyer, but it would seem <laughs> to me a non-disclosure wouldn't cover sexual assault. That's a crime. Well, that's well, disclosure would be, you know, you can't talk true. about, you know, how much money he had in his uh, checking account and how much, how ostentatious the furniture was inside or whatever else she wants to do. Yeah. You know, sexual or, uh, abuse. Uh, I think yeah. uh, abuse is a more is a softer term. It's harder to define. I don't think it's a crime necessarily. You'd have to claim physical abuse. I don't know. It just it strikes me, Andy, as Tiger tried to do everything the right way in the aftermath of the Perkins bimbo blow up and the marriage and everything else. And even this now is causing him trouble. I actually feel a bit sympathetic for Tiger Woods. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, his whole relationship history is, is rather weird. Is it not? I mean, uh, and it goes back to when he was asked to sit in the van while his father was doing hanky panky uh, away (laughs) from his mother. (laughs) I mean, it's just, it's just one thing after another. And, you know, and, and, and small things like he's, he's got a tooth missing uh, shortly before he breaks up with Lindsey Vaughn. What the hell happened there? That was weird. Know. He said a cameraman hit him in the face at the uh-huh. ski event, knocked it out. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, that happens all the time, sure. Yeah. I think Tiger's uh-huh. Tiger's got to date people of similar equal fame like Lindsey Vaughn who are not likely to pull these kind of stunts because they've mm-hmm. got as much to lose as he does. 
I guess. I guess. Uh, All, right. I don't know. Yeah. All right, Andy. Uh, good to talk to you as always. Who is in your final four? I know you filled out your bracket. No, I actually haven't filled out my bracket yet, but uh, I was interested to hear Jay Billis say that Connecticut it might make it, that, that he thinks they're they're a, a team that, that could do something. But they could go out in the first round to Iona, you know? I mean, you ever, you ever, are you ever amazed that the experts who watch the most college basketball are just not any better than average picking the brackets? Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, because, because once you have a team that, that you say, oh, watch out for them, and they go out in the first round, that blows up the whole bracket. Yeah, it's a, it's a wonderfully random event for sure. And I still yeah. love it. I just don't love it as much as I did. But that's a, that's for me to wrestle with. That's what I've got to figure out. Yeah. All right? yeah. You'll All right. be into it. Once, once, the, once the balls start bouncing and you can go to True TV and anywhere else you want to go, you, you'll, you'll like it. The ball like. is tipped. Yeah. <laughs> as the song goes. All right, mm-hmm. Andy, we are bouncing out to Lawyers, Guns, and Money from Warren Zevon because why? Mm-hmm. That's why they call it money. Everybody <laughs> needs money, including Joe Gibbs, when he came back to coach the Redskins. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, bud. See you. Right, right, there you go. All right, send lawyers, guns, and money.